Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is a, a husband, a father, and one of my good friends, Mr. Dane Hawkins. Thank you for joining me. What's up, man? Appreciate you having me back. Hey, listen, man, it's always an honor and a pleasure to catch up with you. No doubt, no doubt. Same here, same here. How's everything going? Everything is good, man. Uh, you know, just trying to live life to the most, make sure I keep these kids alive and well, <laughs> train them up <laughs> in the right way to go. You know how that kid thing is. <laughs> <laughs> you got what? You got two, two right? girls. Two girls. What is it? So I only had one. What is it like to have two? They are nothing alike. And, I, and I'm sure most people who have multiple children will attest to the fact that it is amazing how you can have two children, and in my case, stay only a year and a half apart from the same parents growing up in the same household that are two completely different people. And it's crazy because it's like we give you all the same stuff. You might, one of y'all just got a bigger version and a smaller version. We give you, feed you the same food. We give you the same guidance. <laughs> we, we, we give you the same size bed. Like <laughs> you go to the same school like, and they, they, they are so different. It, are, are they, are they, is one like you and one like your wife or is it? It's, it that's, that's a funny thing, man. And um, most parents probably attest to it. Some of us aren't as uh, self-aware as others, but for, for people who are honest with themselves and self-aware, you can, a lot of times you can look at your kids and see where they got stuff from. And it might not be, <laughs> and it might not be all of that is me or all of that is her, but my oldest child thinks like me, but she has her mother's taste in things. So the things she likes to do are more like my wife, but the way the wheels turn is just like me. Like I, I'll sit, I'll, I'll see her doing something and be like, mm, mm, I already know what you think. Don't even try it. <laughs> and, and then it's just the opposite. And with my wife, the youngest sort of thinks a little more like her, but like her taste in things is much more like mine. Like she likes competition and I'm very competitive. Um, even to like the food that we like, I'll, I'll be like, all right, let's order this, this, and this. Well, Dakota going to like this because that's what I like. Morgan gonna like that because that's what you like. The the no, didn't mean to say my kids' names, but that's my kids' names. It's awesome. <laughs> and that's just it, it's so interesting and so unique. But then there are certain things that just don't, you know, there's always exceptions to the rule. So there's certain parts of their personalities that are just exceptions to those rules. There's certain things of like, oh no, you you normally act like me, but you act just like your mama on that. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you um did you did you find yourself wanting a son or did or it didn't matter? Um before I had kids, yeah. I always wanted I always wanted a son. Um and that just that had to do with my upbringing and my personal um not having a a real relationship with my father cuz he wasn't in the house growing up. So I sort of wanted to like well if I couldn't have that as a child, then I'll have that as a man being the father to the child. Um, so I, I had those thoughts and I, you know, a lot of guys go through that. Um, but you know, God determines the path that you're going to take. And, you know, uh, although there was, uh, times where I wanted, you know, the, the, the thought would cross my mind of, oh, maybe try for a third one. Um, once I stopped losing my mind <laughs> <laughs> and realized that, um, everything that I that I want or could get from a son, I honestly could get with my daughters. If you know, I, I got like I said, I got one that's competitive, just as competitive as me. And she want to do, she want to try every sport, every any sport you bring up to her. She said, "Yeah, I'll try it. Yeah, I want to do it. I want to try it." That's all I'm gonna do with my son. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not like it's. You, I think we as men have that feeling of like we might be missing out on something because like the carry the name thing. But I mean, the, your your legacy is not defined by your name. Your legacy is defined by what you instill in your kids and what they carry on after you. So, I, I, the the need for the son is definitely dissipated. I don't, it's not really 
you know, it, it's cool, but it ain't like it, it's not yeah. the end of my world because I ain't got a son. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like for you watching your watching your daughter play sports? Uh well, right now the they both are in gymnastics. Oh. Um so that's that's the thing right now. My youngest really wants to try everything and we sort of got to slow her down she's six and she she wants to you know anything you put in front of her she's down to try but generally although she is diminutive in size she's pretty good athletically in most of the things that she tries so it's hard to tell somebody no you can't try this yet but then explain to a six-year-old it's because you're so good at what you're doing we don't want to take your time and attention away from that oh okay because okay. she because she she's she's really good at this gymnastics thing so you know why why would i force her to play basketball because i love basketball if she's great at gymnastics now trust and believe at some point in the next five years i'm putting a basketball in her hand but i just got to find time to do it when it's not going to take away from the gymnastics, maybe just me and her going out there to play to see if she even really likes it. Oh, okay. Cause I was, that was going to be my next question. Has she shown any interest in it? She showed, showed interest in every, like this is the one that says, if you say a sport, you say soccer. Yeah. I want to try it. You say basketball. Yeah. I want to try it. You want like it is. She is interested in everything. This is my, the youngest one, right? That's the youngest one. My oldest one. She likes the girly stuff like her mom. So she she's cool with gymnastics. She likes dance. And she actually has an ear for music. Um, and we found that out just putting them in piano class. And she just seemed to pick it up easily. Mm. Um, so that's that's where our focus is with her right now. But she's young too. She's eight. So she still has plenty of time to try other things. Did either did either one of y'all do music? Uh, my mother uh, was uh, in the H.D. Woodson marching band, two-year champion as a flute player. Uh -huh. um, and my sister, because of my mom, got the chance to uh, play the clarinet, but she never made me play an instrument. Although I a part of me wanted to, I just never had time. Like uh, my sister being the younger one, you know, my mom remarried and things were a little different than it was for me at times. And you had that second parent support. So she got the chance to do a slightly more things, even though my sister wasn't into a lot, but she got the chance to do some slightly more things here and there than I had time to do being the big brother that had to be home to help cook dinner and stuff like that. So. Because. I did. Go ahead, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you was finished. I'm sorry. No, I was just, I, 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 I never really got into a lot of extracurricular stuff when I was growing up because of the, the single mother being the oldest kid and helping with that stuff. You know, I'm, I just came up, I just thought about something really interesting. So because you were like the big brother, you said you did like the cooking and all that stuff. Yeah. Do you think that helped prepare you to be a husband? Um, yeah, honestly. Uh, so I, my mother remarried when I was in high school. So there, there was a time where uh, I did have a father figure in the house. Um, of course, I was a teenager at that point, so we bumped heads a lot. But prior to that, I lived in the house with my mom, my sister, and sometimes my aunt, my mom's sister, and her daughter. So she grew up with me like a sister as well. And I grew up in a house full of women. I now live in a house full of women. <laughs> I, I grew up, I grew I grew up just naturally with everybody else in the house you know the the things that they taught little girls to do growing up I also learned to do cook clean wash do my laundry do like I, I learned to do all of that stuff as a kid because I was the oldest kid and my mom needed help and my aunt needed help and you know it was a house full of women so I was doing all that stuff too so I think a part of that, I, I grew up, for lack of a better way of putting it, I know women hate it when you say it about them, but I grew up domesticated. Yeah. So, so I think those things do help me in marriage because I've never been one of those guys that expected or had the preconceived notion that women do that and men do this. Because I've been doing because I've been doing that stuff my whole life. So 
you know, I got married or even before then I started dating my wife and I was like, I'll cook for you. Shoot, that was that was the, that was part of the game in college. You want me to cook you dinner? <laughs> <laughs> so so it you know it it definitely uh it definitely helps because it's not I don't have that we don't we don't hit that that point that a lot of I hear a lot of couples uh falling into where the wife is like ridiculously tired so she ain't catering to the needs that he wants her to cater to because she's cleaning and cooking and doing all of that behind him without his help. Okay. I've, never, I've never had those problems because I, I do that stuff as well. Now, don't get me wrong. My wife definitely does it more or better than me at times. I I won't take any credit from her. But my wife is very good with that stuff. Like she cooks. My, I like to say my wife loves to cook. I like to cook. um but you know i i she we used to have it where you know she washed the clothes i fold the clothes like you know like you know we we both did dishes we both you know so it it was a it was a pretty good split but you know um she does have the you know the motherly nurturing nature where she does some things just more readily than I do but I, I can do all of those things so you know she may have to remind me sometime like eh, you ain't been doing that here recently <laughs> so I get back on my game but I, I do I do do all of that stuff so so is it safe to say like y'all don't well the, the word rose is tricky but y'all don't have like I guess it's safe to say like traditional gender roles yeah yeah um Yes and no. Uh, some things are innate. And as much as we want to fight them, you know, there's some things you just gravitate towards doing. And then some things are not. So um, there, if you mean in the sense of like that old school, the man pay all the bills and the wife, you know, pregnant barefoot, stay in the kitchen, do, <laughs> do all the cleaning. Absolutely not. We know we're near that. Um but I mean, you know, it's just some things that she naturally does better and some things I naturally do better. I am very much a protector. Okay. Like a, a, I, that, that just is, I've been a big brother my whole life. <laughs> I, you know, I had a single mom, so I was protective of her uh, for the majority of my childhood. Um, it is. So I, I, I very, very much have that protector gene and that, you know, that, that is reinforced even more with daughters. Um, so that, that just comes naturally to me. And I do have moments where I get to that, like, well, why you ain't tell me that? So I can make sure you were straight type of thing. So that, that, that sort of falls into that gender role thing okay. a little bit. Um, but not in the sense where I'm like, woman, where my food when I come in this house? Nah, I ain't never been, I ain't never, I ain't never been that dude. <laughs> so let me ask you, growing up, like, for you, was it ideal to, like, get married, start a family? Was that something you envisioned for yourself? Uh, I'm a weirdo when it comes to that stuff, man. I I, I could have told you at 16 I wanted to get married and have kids. I probably I probably was telling people at 16 I wanted to get married and have kids. I, I you remember back when we were like high school and they used to, you know, like what do you want to be when you grow up? And they do the like the assessments to see what you're good at math or English and they tell you the careers and stuff that you could go in and that um once once you got a little older teenage age, so it actually, you know, they were trying to help you direct you in which way you would go for like college or trade school and stuff like that. I used to always be like, man, I just want to be a parent. I just want to be a father. Mm. So this and this is like 16, 17 years old. So I, I've known for a long time, but that that goes back to that single parent home thing. I that that had that did a lot to direct and drive the way I saw and directed my life as I got older. So I went to college. I went to, went to college with every intention of finding my wife in college. Really? Yeah, I was tripping. I was lunching. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I ain't know no better. Like, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I didn't realize it was life to live and I had to, you know, go through the ups and downs of relationships and learn how to 
uh, manage a relationship and learn how to deal with women and you know all of that stuff. I I had to learn that the hard way. I thought I I was foolish enough to think when I first got into college that as long as I did whatever made her happy, the relationship would work because I had no concept of what men required to make happy because I lived in a house full of women growing up. <laughs> and my stepfather was very big on that, um, the gender role stuff. I come in the house, you better have my, uh, is this house clean with my food woman? Like my stepfather was big on that and I wasn't that dude. So I didn't relate to him on that level. So I didn't look at him as a model of what I wanted to be like as a husband. The connection went out. And you said you said something about your stepfather was really big on big on my my, step, my my stepfather was really big on the gender role stuff. Like he was oh. he was that traditionalist, like when I come home, I want my food cooked. Um, you know, I, I I'm not cleaning the house. I pay the cost to be the boss. And I wasn't that dude. So I didn't really look at him as the model of what I wanted to be as a, a, a man in, in a marriage. So I, I went, you know, into college with, you know, a, a whole bunch of misconceptions of my own that I had to get disproven. Well, how was your, how does your mom feel about that? How does she feel about what? Like his, like the, his, his views on marriage, like did like well, I, well, doing okay. the housework and all that stuff. First and foremost, my stepfather passed away. He passed away years ago. So my, my mother is now single again. Okay, um, sec, second, so, you know, God bless the dead. Second of all, uh, they had, you know, I, I was 14 through 18 when I was in, well, 14 through about 17 and a half when I was in a house with them. Okay. So I wasn't really getting insight on how my mother felt about that. Oh, stuff. gosh. Okay. That makes you know sense. What I'm that saying? makes sense. That so makes sense. I was in college and, be, you know, it wasn't until I was in my 20s that I realized, oh, that dude was tripping. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew. I mean, you know, as a teenager, you know, because you see your mom getting frustrated with the, you know, with certain things and stuff like that. But my mother worked. My mother has always been a hard worker. She's always been like a great example of, that old school, you know, get your job, work, work as many hours as you need to work to take care of whatever you, your responsibilities are, work your 30 years, get your pension. Like that's so I my mom was always a hard worker. So it didn't register to me as much as it does now, looking back in hindsight, that uh, he was putting that press on her that much. Cause I I because my mother was doing it by herself. Before oh, he came along. Okay. okay, I got you. I got so, you. So yeah, so I, I, you know, I grew up seeing women do all of that stuff anyway. So it was I was I was viewing it from a different perspective than him. It wasn't until like I older. I was like, yeah, yeah, Slim was lunching. Like, <laughs> mm. I'm just I, I'm still I'm still stuck on the part you was in college saying you was going to find a. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't crazy i wasn't out there telling nah, her just, but I'm just to have that, that but, foresight though but yeah i had yeah i had that mentality early bro i was I, I i had that mentality early but you ended up getting married pretty late though right yeah that's why i said i had to learn the hard way god god was like you got the right idea you just gotta learn some things before we get there <laughs> <laughs> did you ever find yourself getting discouraged uh yeah yeah, but not not discouraged in the man. I'm never getting married since. More discouraged in the why isn't this working? Like I, I'm I'm punching a brick wall. This just hurts. Oh, um, <laughs> like I, you know what? I got to back up to something you said because you you said you was always focused on making her happy, but. I want to make sure I word it correctly. You you wasn't focused on your happiness. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, I, I honestly, I I don't know that I took enough time to figure out what made me happy. You know, at some point in all of our lives, we we learn about ourselves and we learn who we are and who we want to be. And I think in relationships, I didn't 
I didn't realize how much that mattered until I kept getting frustrated because if you're not happy, you can't make nobody else happy. Yeah. So, so it don't, you know, no matter what I thought, like, well, this is what she want, I just do this. But you sitting there like, I hate this. <laughs> she ain't gonna be happy. <laughs> Why are you doing it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy because we're, we're, we as men are so programmed to the happy wife, happy life thing. Yeah, that's nonsense. Yeah. I we mean, just, it's, just don't it, think it's, about it, though. It's true, but it's half of the story. Yes. It, okay. That's not the whole story. <laughs> I don't, we don't, I don't think we, I don't think we, we don't put it in proper perspective. That's yeah, maybe that maybe that's the right thing. And I think I think that term in particular is used by for lack of a better way of putting it, older men who aren't that happy in their marriage. So yeah. they so they say that to younger guys to get them acclimated with the idea of being miserable in marriage but then that paints the whole idea of marriage in such a bad light and that's not what it has to be that's not my marriage that's not my story at all (laughs) (laughs) how long have y'all been married uh we just hit nine years uh, a couple months ago oh wow congratulations thank you thank you congratulations what what would you say you've enjoyed most about being married uh Hmm, that's an interesting one. Um, honestly, me and my wife have probably the most important thing that you need in marriage. We have great communication. Hmm. So, so for it, it's very cliche to say your wife is your best friend, but as our relationship has grown over the years and as we've gotten closer and closer, I talk to my wife. I I don't cuss at my wife like I cuss at my boys but other, <laughs> but, but other than that I talk to my wife you know in detail about the 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 real stuff like you know something happened in social media and the fellas be like man these people tripping like this is why people this is why society messed up now blah 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 and we go you know the fellas are going on their little rant about why Kiki Palmer shouldn't have had the cheeks out or something like that <laughs> like, like me and my wife sit and have those same conversations and we don't necessarily agree all the time but we communicate well and we understand that um we understand that we not saying something to each other in in an attempt to be offensive or you know like to to be gotcha like people on social media just trolling Mm -hmm. we really you know we really can talk and disagree and still be cool and still not and not be like in our feelings mad at each other and turn to a fight or nothing like that like i think just having that type of that level of friendship in conjunction with your companionship because you know of course you want the romantic stuff but then to have somebody that you genuinely you know, if she watched basketball, it'd be a little bit sweeter. But, <laughs> but, but somebody that you could genuinely have a real friendship with. Like my wife say all the time that if we wasn't married, we'd still be friends. I tell her she's tripping because if she leave me, I'm not talking to her no more. But <laughs> but, but but it's true. Like we friends like that. Like like we really cool. Like if we yeah. had met and was already like in relationships, we probably would have just been cool. Oh, okay. So was the communication always great or kind of grew into that? Um, it was it started off good. I I it, it definitely started off good. And then, you know, from per, any person to person on the street that you meet, y'all gonna have different idiosyncrasies in your communication, different ways that you, you know, your body language and stuff like that is different than the person that you're talking to. So we, once we learn that it becomes even better. Um, Back to like the way I grew up, my family, my biological father and his family, my my mother and her family, everybody from Southeast DC, everybody grew up tough. Everybody grew up a little rough around the edges. Mm -hmm. So regular talk to me can be a little rough around the edges to my wife and some of her family members and at first my wife used to be like yeah everybody be getting scared when you talk because they think 
you upset. <laughs> and then she like, it took me a while. I realized you're not. But so stuff like that, like just knowing the person and knowing that, okay, this is just how he talk. He's not snapping at nobody. He, but but she like it because she take advantage of it. Like, yeah, these people tripping at, at the school talking about they not going to do A, B, and C. Come to this meeting <laughs> talk to them with me. And then they think I'm mad. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But um, but you know, just little stuff like that. Um, and then knowing how to deal with being able to tell when that person is at, you know, because we have those heated discussions and things like that. And sometimes we poke the bear too much because we a lot of times we don't realize you're poking the bear. Like, yeah. leave me alone or I'm about to explode. Yeah. And, and you know, the better you know somebody the better we get at that. And it's funny because for me and my wife, it actually, we didn't have a lot of arguing and fighting at all. It's like the, the closer we get, the more we know is the more we like, oh, you trying to be slick. Like I get what you say in there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still, we still don't have no fights for real. Um, but it's, it's just, you know, you can, you can pick up on some of that stuff. Like my, my wife is very intelligent. So, you know, and, and you, you got two people who think they're smarter than each other and here trying to talk talk each other around in circles. It could be fun at times and it could be funny at times. Uh, how 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 long did it take for like how long did it take for her to really get comfortable with your style of communication? Because you said it was rough. So well at, rough in the sense that I don't really do the I'm very I, I'm I don't do you know like sometimes people say a lot of people say is it the reason or is it the excuse or is it an excuse that's the same damn thing like those they, <laughs> we just people just try to put a different context to one but you're literally saying the same thing twice you're like well well the the excuse I have for doing that is the reason I did it like that it's the same thing but people try and act like it means two different things I never subscribe to those types of oh this don't say it this way because it'll be nicer if you say it that way I just say what I mean and I tell people all the time don't try and read between the lines because I'm telling you exactly what I mean I, I, I don't I don't try to mix my words but that can be because people tend to always try to be like well is that what he meant or is he saying it wrong like no nah, I, I said it the, the you heard what I said, right? That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> like, don't don't try to imply that that is going to mean down the line A, B, and C. No, I told you what I meant. <laughs> that that direct line of communication is actually easier. It, but, but yeah, but everybody isn't like that. Everybody, some people live in the world of sugarcoating, and that's not to say that my wife lives in that imaginary world. But when you know people like softer communication a lot a lot of people like softer communication but to me the people i grew up around it wasn't too much of that softer communication so it's always just been straight and direct with me especially once i moved in the house with my stepfather he was like he straight up told people i pay the cost to be the boss i don't wash i don't clean like so you live in a house with somebody who says stuff like that like it makes you tougher (laughs) that's it Man, that's that's tough. Like, I I guess because see, I didn't. I mean, so it's weird because when I grew up, so when I grew up, I had I had brothers and sisters, um, a twin sister and an older sister and a brother. My brother moved out, um, but my my mom kind of kind of did do like the rose. Like, I had never washed dishes, never really. Yeah, never washed dishes. My see, I've been washing dishes since I was like eight. That was my 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 mother always made my sisters do it. I never had to wash the dishes, but they never had to cut grass. They never had to do yard work. So right. fortunately, I lived at Capitol Heights, so the yard went that <laughs> right, <big>. right, <laughs> right. But, look, them, them damn leaves keep falling, and yeah, you'd have been out there all morning raking leaves, and you finally bag them up. You come out there twenty minutes later. And it's like you didn't do nothing. I'm like, yeah. God, this is. Mm. Yeah, see, that's interesting because it, I yeah, I never had that division of labor like that. It was it was all you got to do all of that. Well, see that, but see, you grew up with well, yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. But I, I do. But you know what? My I, The whole cooking thing, um, I, I don't understand. This is what I never understood. Like, I never understood why people look at that as like women's work where when you look at TV and chefs most and stuff, of, most of most the things chefs men. are men. Yeah. <laughs> I never understood that either, especially my grandfathers, the the men who were probably the biggest father figures most of my life, uh, both of my grandfathers cooked. So I never I never looked at that as something women do either. But um so it I, I always thought that was funny too. Like, but all of the famous chefs are men too. So like I mean it, when I when I was married my wife was like it was her job to cook and i was like oh okay yeah i told you people some people just have that that they ingrained with those roles man yeah and i was just like but the bad thing is because because she cooked so much i got comfortable not cooking i already didn't cook much anyway and then once we met she did all the cooking so i never really got comfortable in the kitchen like I could cook some stuff but my father was like a really like a really good cook like really good cook to the point I'm like almost ashamed that I can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's funny what so when you were so how would you okay let me let me you know what let me back up because this is something that I wanted to ask you because you've been married for for a while. Where would you say, how would you describe the Black family right now? Like where we at? You know, I, honestly, I now being a little more aware of the state of the Black family, I am a lot more secure in what I see a lot of the times now, outside of those podcasts where they be talking about <laughs> what what women want, because you know, like they they right now they they doing a lot of crazy stuff on them podcasts that you be seeing popping up on IG and stuff. But um, out outside of that, but just the, like the black family, honestly, the fact that the myth of the absentee black father is being dispelled a lot on a lot of the things that I see, a lot of the platforms that I see, I think is a a very good thing. I think it does a lot of justice for the Black family. I think that younger people in the 20s, they kind of scare me. I don't know what's going to happen when they start coming up and trying to get married, but, but the already established Black family these days, I think is actually pretty solid. I Married or not, most of the brothers that I know that have kids are very active fathers. Okay. Um, and I think that is a big thing. And I think um, a, a big part of being an active father innately leads you to have some level of concern for the mother just because you want her to be able to do what's best for your child. Yeah. Um, so... So even if you and her are are at odds or not dealing with each other, um, I, I think it's important that you know the relationship is maintained at least at a base level to to help the families along. And from just my personal knowledge of the people that I know, I see a lot of that going on in a good fashion, even if they're not still married. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the black family's importance is probably heightened even more now though because honestly i think black and brown people uh are in a a weird very weird situation in this country right now where it seems like things are going in reverse for us as far as how the nation treats us and the laws that are, are in place to help us advance uh being removed and things like that so right. i think that i think the family unit is going to become even more important important in dealing with those things. Um, I'm, I went to an HBCU. Most of the people that I know that went to my HBCU look at me as family. So I urge all black people that have kids coming up and when they start telling y'all uh, 
that they went with the white kid because they're not doing affirmative action. Go home to your family at a HBCU because they're going to treat your child like family. <laughs> and that, that's, that's a big part of the family because the family isn't just your family and your home. It's, it, it's the village. So, mm-hmm. so keep, keep, your, keep your kids in that village in college and that'll help them to appreciate themselves and the people that look like them and help to continue to strengthen the black family in the long run because they'll find people that look like them and that's what they end up being with and building families together. So, um, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you said that the, the affirmative action thing because I'm gonna be completely honest. I didn't really. There's some parts I didn't like about it, but far as the whole college thing, I really didn't. I I really I'm really hoping that it does make black students go to HBCUs because I I'm always in a mindset look. I don't want to go where I'm not wanting. I, I feel you on that. And I mean, HBCUs have been doing well the last decade anyway, but they, they catching up from behind. Okay. Like, you know, it, it's, I go back and I went to A&T, North Carolina a and I go back to A&T and ride through that campus. And it's a different school than the one I went to. Good or bad. Is, it, it's a great thing. Because oh, okay. the, school, the school is built up. The school. The, oh, the, okay. Okay, the dorms, good. The dorms good. look better. The student union is better. The cafeteria is better. Like, you know, they're really taking the money that they're making from the students and investing it back into the school. Okay, good, good. It's a wonderful thing. My cousin just graduated. So she took advantage of all that money I spent there. <laughs> my, 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 my first cousin's daughter just graduated, not this past May, but the year before. She took advantage of all the money I spent there. So it, it's a wonderful thing. Um, and, and and most HBCUs that I go on their campus, um, which isn't a lot, but the few that I have gone on their campus that I've been on their campus in the past, I see that same type of difference. So our schools are growing and they're getting bigger and better and you know adding buildings and, and enlarging the campuses and things like that. But they just don't have the funding and you know they don't have those... Uh, endowments that some of those bigger schools get and you get that from getting more support once you have you know the people that have gone there in the past coming back and helping and you know providing and all of that stuff do you think do you think the the students who graduated and and gone on do you think they do a good job of of reaching back and helping the schools honestly i can't i can't give a a true estimation of that because it's from school to school is probably different um you know A&T's alumni base is is pretty strong but I don't know what Howard's is like I'm sure Morehouse's is good I don't know what Morgan's is like I don't know what Norfolk State's is you know what I'm saying so I I, from school to school I really don't know did your Um, wife get an HBCU no no (laughs) No. damn you have to say it like that <laughs> now my wife went to Towson. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So she went. To, she went to like the second largest state school in Maryland. So it ain't like a bad thing. <laughs> nah, nah. So will you? So will you stir your kids to HBCU? Uh, I'll give my kids the option to do what they want to do. Okay. Now, will I tell them that A and T is the best HBCU in the nation? Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not gonna force them to go anywhere. I, I I'll I'll take them to AT throughout their life and let them see how great and wonderful of a school it is and you know lead them to the water. But if they're not gonna drink, they're not gonna drink. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I just thought of something important that we didn't address, but it needs to be addressed. And it's we're gonna go back to the communication because you and your wife, you said y'all both have great communication. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I was saying, did you have to work at being at establishing good communication? Um, work at establishing good communication. I think we both came into our relationship as talkers. Um, my wife and I, and people ask us all the time, how does it work? Um, because I'm somewhat of a people person and she's definitely a people person. And we both sort of 
get around a group of people and do a lot of talking. Um, and <laughs> and um, I think people wonder how can two people that talk so much work well together? Because you know, it's like, ain't y'all, aren't you all, you all always fighting for space? Um, what I think happens with us is, and was I'm trying to think of the, the proper way to put this. Um, I don't think my wife requires me to take a backseat to her in order for her to feel heard. Mm. Meaning, meaning um, she'll let me be the dominant voice if, okay. if necessary because she's secure in herself and she's, you know, she's secure in whenever she gets her, her opinion heard, whether it's by me or the masses that we may be talking to, that she can make her point well made. So what that manifests itself into between us is we do a lot of, uh, let's try not to cut each other off because we both want to get our point in. She she generally will be like, well, you get your point out, and then, but then, you know, I got to make sure I let her get her point out. I got to listen to her, and that took some getting used to, probably for both of us, because we are good talkers. But mm -hmm. because we are such good communicators, I think it was easier to transition into because you are getting something that makes sense from the other person. Okay. If that, you know what I mean? Like if, yeah, if somebody is somebody trying to force you to hear their point and then they say what they got to say, you be like, that sounds stupid. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> then that's just, that, that's not going to be good communication. But it's, it's, it's very unlikely for that to happen with us. Okay. And then even, and then even where I'm feeling like I got to get my point out, a lot of times I'm getting my point out because I want to hear what she thinks about what I'm saying. Ah, okay. Okay. So I, I think that helps us too. But yeah, you had to, you got to get used to that when you got two people that are talkers. But it wasn't really that hard of a, like I said, it wasn't that hard of a transition because we both do a good job of getting our points across well. Okay. you. I'm sure you hear like a lot of times we, we was talking about podcasts and social media. Um, you see people say like, there's no benefits for men to get married. So I wanted you to, address that like what do you think the benefits of a man getting married are um the benefits of a man getting married well companionship for one um men can men tend to be stupid <laughs> oh. and, and 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 that's not the and that's not to say that women are perfect or anything like that N not by any stretch of the imagination are women perfect but um women will take care of you like i i joke with with some of my friends and on my podcast all the time uh black women saving men's lives again anytime i hear about something <laughs> black women do, like uh, I probably wouldn't go to the doctor if my wife didn't tell me get your butt up and go to the doctor. Damn, that's what I mean by men are stupid. Like I'm very intelligent, mm -hmm. but but if it's a little pain in my abdomen, I'm be like, oh, let me just give it a week, it'll go away. Uh, whereas, whereas my wife is like, no, dummy. <laughs> like go, go <laughs> abdomen those are organs go get that looked at right <laughs> um so there is a nurturing that comes from women that men don't even do for themselves mm. um i don't believe that god made us to live this life alone so that's why i speak about the companionship um there is nothing like having that built-in friend. And we have them all throughout our lives. Um, we lean on our mothers. We lean on our siblings. 
you lean on your boys. There are things that dudes, single guys, will never do to their homeboy, but will do to a girl they say they love. Mm. But it's like, do you really love her? Like you, you, you're loyal to your homeboys. You won't talk to that dude that he don't like, even though you grew up around that dude. But your man ain't cool with him no more, so I don't mess with him. <laughs> but you can't. But you can't stay away from the girls in the club asking you to buy a drink. <laughs> even though I love this girl, like, like dudes just, I, I, I think you learn something about yourself in that companionship. I think you learn, uh, it can actually teach you the type of man that you really are mm. in dealing with relationships with women. And I think life is difficult when you go through it alone. And that's not to say that it's easy when you go through it with a partner, but there are some aspects of it that are definitely easier when you go through it with a partner. So I don't judge anybody who doesn't want to get married. You got to pick and choose your battles. Mm-hmm. The things you, you, what, what benefits do you prefer? But I, I have always wanted that companionship. I have always seen the benefit in it. I, my wife, I know for a fact God chose my wife for me. Hmm. I there are so many instances where I could have met my wife and it been the wrong time. My wife and I went to the same church for years before we ever met. Oh, and I had seen her from a distance, and 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 had said to friends, "Oh, who's the cute girl over there? Well, who's who's that cute girl in the picture with you?" <laughs> but, I, but but had I met her at the wrong time, we wouldn't be together today. Damn. So I I I I think once I matured enough, and and I think this goes for most guys. Once you mature enough, and you know, a lot of us get married really young, and then we grow in a relationship, and you get married not knowing who you are, and you become a you become your full self in a relationship, and then it's. Sometimes it's difficult because you didn't become the person that they expected to be married to, and you're married to a person that you didn't expect to grow in a relationship with. So I think a lot of times that can make marriage look like a bad thing to people. Mm -hmm. I think marriage not only takes an emotional decision, I think it takes a logical decision as well. And I think um, a biblical base solidifies both sides of that decision. Man, I was deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna close on this because you've been, you've been, you, you, you two been married um, nine years. You got two beautiful daughters, but God willing, you have a whole lifetime together. So, what are you, what are you looking forward to the most? My kids moving out. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> um, honestly, I enjoy the journey, man. I think that's the most important part. Everybody going to have ups and downs. Everybody going to have trials and tribulations. Stuff is not. A wife is supposed to be God's greatest gift in my life. That don't mean it's going to be the easiest thing to have. Like, But anything worth having is worth fighting for. Um, so just walking through this this life learning what comes our way and what we can overcome together and what makes us stronger you know um the the hardships that you go through when they don't break you they tighten the relationship and i think that's been one of the the things that i've albeit i've hated going through some of the the rough things that we've had to go through death in the family and things like that um I always love how it brings us closer together and makes our situation, our relationship, our marriage tighter. Um, and I, I, those moments uh, where, you know, she may be annoying me, but I, I know that when I want to try this new thing in my career, or I want to try a podcast, or I want to you know, do something that is not in my normal wheelhouse, like write a book or something like that, that she is the first person to be like, nah, I think you'll be nice with that. Like, 
definitely do it. Like that support system is nothing like that. man. so I, I just look forward to more of those moments and then, you know, getting these kids right and getting them old enough where we can start traveling without them. I can't wait to travel more without my kids. So they ain't got to leave. They ain't got to leave the house. Just let us leave the house. <laughs> Cause you know, when they little, you can't really go, you don't really do a lot without them. You, yeah. you know, they, 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 especially when you don't, we don't have a lot of like babysitter type family members around and stuff. Oh, okay. So, okay. so yeah, we, we, they, you know, they on the hip at all times. So <laughs> when they get a little older and I can be like, nah, they straight, just, just sit them in the corner and give them a pack of oodles and noodles and they'd be good. Like, I can't, I can't wait till we could just go, go on the island without them. Man, that's beautiful, man. Listen, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, man. It's always good to catch up with you because like, I love getting your perspective because you're a good, honest brother. And, and I could tell like you really enjoy marriage. So it's it's really good. Like we need to hear more people like you and your wife telling our story. So yeah. I thank you for, I really thank you for being like really open and honest. I appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me, man. Um, you, you don't, you don't. Oh, tell the people how they, cause you, you, you plug your, plug your podcast cause you do have one. So, oh yeah. So, um, so uh, me and, uh, a few friends, there's five of us on the podcast, uh, we, we have a podcast called the Black Cinematic Universe Podcast, and we talk about movies and cinema and shows, um, and not just the Black shows, but the Black shows and there's five brothers, so we give our perspective on cinema in general. So we give the Black perspective on things that aren't Black, and we give our perspective on the Black shows and cinema. And, you know, have fun, crack a lot of jokes. You see, I, I you see, I get my jokes in. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> make sure you tell the people that it's you got because you on oh, Instagram. Yeah, it's on. Uh, you can check that out on Instagram. Uh, Black Cinematic Universe. Uh, excuse me, the Black Cinematic Universe uh, on Instagram. Okay, and what and it's on all platforms, right? Yeah, the podcast is on all platforms: Google, Apple, Spotify. Yeah, everywhere you normally listen to podcasts. Okay. Well, again, man, thank you so much for doing this, man. I appreciate your time. And, and I really enjoy talking with you and your wife separately. And hopefully I can get a chance to talk to y'all both together. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you like how I threw that in there? <laughs> yeah, I see that. <laughs> but nah, I really do appreciate you, bro. And I wish y'all all the best. All right, bro. Thanks. All right. I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lent. My Facebook is also conversations with Lent. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.